0: Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday. It's 9 a.m. and the pet experts are in the building. This is the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320 WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet
1: keepers, to this week's Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here
0: with my co-host. The pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Bruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee. And uh, listening in and getting involved is my daughter, Kirby, as well. So <laughs> welcome back, Kirby.
2: <laughs> Hi, Dad.
0: <laughs> well, Kirby, we do want to welcome
1: you to the show and congratulate you. Uh, for those of you who don't know Bay just had her first child and she is a beautiful little redheaded girl and she is <laughs> just absolutely as smiley as they get and that's a tremendous thing so kudos to you but I'm going to ask you the first question how in the heck are you able to take care of her along with your dane Bruce, along with your other dog, Odin, along with your two <laughs> ferrets that you've got, how the heck do you find a minute to even be by yourself?
3: I think it's growing up in Bruce pets, you uh, get really good at multitasking.
0: <laughs>
1: you would have to be.
3: It's actually pretty calm here compared to work.
0: Well, well, for those who, uh, well, let's just introduce the, the topic for the day. Mm-hmm. I had to have you on, Kirby, because our topic today is going to be Great Danes, and there is no greater Dane than my grandson, Bruce, <laughs> for whom I thank you so much for being such a good parent. So um, how about talking about Bruce today? Does that work for you?
3: Well, right now I'm actually getting crushed because you're on speakerphone and he can hear you. And he loves my dad, absolutely loves my dad. And so he's right over here trying to sit on my lap and cozy up to the phone. Um, and I think that's probably the one thing I want to emphasize with these these dogs is that they're very sensitive and very affectionate. Um, so he's, he's here with us right now. <laughs>
1: Now, Kerbe, how old is Bruce? Bruce is six. Okay. And if you had to judge now after six years with Bruce, I remember when you got him and he was a puppy. You even brought him into the studio uh, one time to uh, be on the show. But is it all that you expected? Is it more than you expected? (laughs) Is it less than you expected? Come forward and tell the audience what has been your experience.
3: Yeah, I think just like any pet, you know, it's super important to do a lot of research, but no matter how much research you do, sometimes it's very different than what you expect because, you know, every pet is a little different. I'd say Bruce is definitely more than I expected. um, That's for sure. I call him one of my uh, greatest learning opportunities, that's for (laughs) sure, Uh, and it's kind of nice because he definitely has become kind of a um, source of helping to educate people about Danes, and whenever we go on a walk um, or people see him out in public, I always hear a resounding, that's my dream dog, and it's nice to be able to Stop and kind of inform them of some of the things that they may not have expected or thought about. Um, it's definitely not a dog breed to rush into, I'll say that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, everything that I've read has said that when it comes to the novice dog owner, this is not the breed for you, that you're going to be far better off uh, with another kind. And I've also heard from one of our previous guests the importance of early socialization. Is that your belief as well?
3: Oh, definitely. I mean, going back to what you just said about it's not for the novice, I asked Alex, my partner, this morning um, (laughs) – What would you give people as far as advice for if you're thinking about owning a Dane? Because this was new to him, you know, he moved into the house that Bruce and I were in and his response he just laughed and he said, House horse <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, think of a small pony in your living room. Um, is that something that you're ready to take
1: on? Well, uh, well, Kerbe, let me, let me jump in and cut you off there because we need to get to a quick break, but we're going to come back and talk to you in one of our later segments. So we'll, we'll take it from there. We're speaking with Kerbe Proust and we've also got on the show, Sally Babbitt, as well as Dr. Kristen Stallins from House Calls Vet Hospital this week on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS.
4: Whoever said the dogs won't chase parked cars never met Rick Proust and Lee Cohen.
0: They're back on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. 1320
1: W-I-L-S. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line a returning guest. It's Sally Babbitt, who is a lawyer here in the Lansing area, and she happens to have discussed finance and and how to care for your animals and things like that. But, Sally, who knew that you also happened to be I don't know if the right word is an authority, but an authority on the topic of Great Danes. Is that, in fact, the case?
4: I I have a lot of experience with Great Danes, so I guess it's all relative. I I know quite a bit, but I'm probably (laughs) not the ultimate expert.
0: Well. I, there's no replacement for doing, right? So you, can, you can read and you can think and you can study all you want, but until you've owned a Great Dane, there's no replacement.
4: That's true. There's nothing like it. So,
0: so let, us, let us know about um, the Great Dane you have now. Give us a description.
4: So Holly is my, well, fifth Great Dane, if you um, count the three that I grew up with. And um, Holly is, Holly was the runt of a litter. And she only weighs full grown. She's about 95 to 98 pounds. Okay. And she's um, what they call a harlequin coloring, which I never really cared for in the past. But her coloring is just it's picture perfect. So if you picture, you know, a white background with black and gray. Uh, colorings, some splotches, some longer streaks, um, just, just picture perfect. Um, just a beautiful dog. And uh, we actually were thrilled that she did not outgrow being um, the smallest because she's, she's a great size for us, obviously right. quite a bit smaller than many.
0: So, so uh, let's get down to uh, a little soul-searching here because not everybody gravitates to a Great Dane or one of the largest breeds on the planet. Let alone five. Uh, Let alone five, (laughs) or having a journey with them. Uh, Just if somebody were to come up and ask you, why would you want to have a Great Dane, uh, what's your answer?
4: My answer is anyone who's ever been around them, um, let alone had one, will, will probably concur that they have definitely one of the top three personalities of any breed of dog, they—it's um, hard to explain. But if you think of um, Scooby Doo, was a, a pretty, pretty typical um, characterization of a Great Dane or Marmaduke. Marmaduke, yeah. Yeah, you know, they have these um, goofy personalities, and, and that's the word that comes up. Most when my husband and I look at each other and say, "What a goofy dog!" Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're,
4: you know, they're they're tall and they're lanky, and, and it's like they never outgrow their teenage years, mm-hmm. and um, so they're always kind of awkward, and just they are. But they think that they're not just a lap dog. They they think that you're their their child, their baby, and they will be around you all the time, and they just have a real silly and goofy disposition. Uh, growing up with them, we had one in particular that, that was probably one of the best dogs I've ever been around in my life, and um, she really was one of the kids. She really was. She sat on the couch with us. She had her own bed. Uh, they just do goofy things. And they, they get around in a goofy way. Now, if you get them outside and you let them take off on a run um, chasing a ball, they're incredibly graceful. It's like watching a deer run. But if you've ever been around one for any period of time, they're just a real goofy, cool dog.
0: I I will concur with that. Um, I I'm not sure if I've spent a whole lot of time counting, but I think I, if I include Bruce, uh, I'm on my fourth Dane, and uh, and I can tell you that uh, they are remarkable. I can compare it to, you know, we had an Irish Wolfhound, and uh, yeah. it was a great dog. Don't get me wrong, and everybody loved it, but. It wasn't a replacement for a Great Dane. There is something, you know, magical in my opinion, that uh, that Great Danes have as this kind of like innate personality, and uh, yeah. and you captured it as well as you can. Now, if somebody is uh, listening, and they're all excited because what you just described makes a whole lot of sense, right? If you want a pet that's got personality and goofiness and what. Heeds will you have for them as far as who doesn't really? Let's say I just that sounded really fantastic. I think I want a Great Dane. Is that why? Is that not necessarily an immediate? Let's go out and get one.
4: It's simply the literally the only restrictions um, I see with having a Dane are logistics. They are big. Do you have? Do you have a car? that can accommodate <laughs> a great game you know something simple like that you know you do have to take it to the vet um they're great they're great travelers great travelers but you got to have room for them um do you have a yard i mean they, they do not require anywhere near as much exercise as some of the sporting breeds um so that that me is a bonus because I'm, I'm not a runner or anybody who's going to, you know, make sure I get out and walk my dog two miles a day.
1: Yeah, but I um, can't imagine sharing an apartment with one.
4: You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. again, it, it depends on the size. <laughs> it depends on the size of the apartment and, and how many people are living there. Um, I would also caution, I mean, my mom and dad, who had three great gains, and my dad absolutely begs me bring mine over to visit because he loves them so much but they're not a good dog if you have unstable and i I don't mean mentally unstable physically unstable people like my mom and dad are 90 my mom is at the point of hanging onto a railing when you know when she's walking down the hall you don't need a hundred pound dog with by the way a two foot long tail um you know, knocking into somebody, or God forbid, knocking a kid down the steps.
0: Well, and, and, on, and, and on, on that note, uh, back to your original clumsy behavior. You know, mm-hmm. they won't have any intent to harm anyone. they no. just happen to have the body size. You know, uh, you know, like a bull in a china shop. You just, you know, it. There, they're, they're, It has its potential issue, no matter what.
4: That's right, and their tail is something else to contend with because. <laughs> It's always wagging, and it's about two feet long. And my mom always jokes the whole time that we were growing up, she never had anything out on a table, and it wasn't because the kids would break it. It was because the great dame would turn around and whip its tail because they're always happy. And literally, it would be like taking your arm and clearing the table. Um, they have; they're not, you know, they're not the most um, elegant. And uh, coordinated dogs, and they just are, they have no idea how mm-hmm. much space they take up. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's nothing intentional, but there are a lot of logistics that people need to realize
0: about I, them. I could see a, um, a couple, maybe single or even with child, children, but the, the apartment has some size and its own space. I don't see the apartment as being that much of an issue if you can get them out. So, a younger couple that, uh, makes it a point to get out several times a day because it's not like you can open your door and let him go out the back back backyard yeah you know right. so you you better you know hey what are you gonna do when you get up I'm gonna go run with the dog what are you gonna do before you you know settle in for the night I'm gonna go run with the dog right um and yeah. and they'll do fine but they just need that energy worked out there's a lot of body there that needs needs to just like let's run <laughs> yeah
4: they do love to run and there is nothing funnier like my my dog holly we did not have her ears cropped um my last dane we did this one we did not and that that big huge elephant ear floppy ear is so expressive and so much a part of the, the uh, personality and the facial expressions. And there's nothing funnier than watching <laughs> my dog run at me with these huge floppy ears, this big old smile on her face, and she's just bounding and bounding away. Um, just, the, the, but the worst thing you can do is try to get out of her way because she's not going to hit you. She knows where you are. If you make a move to get away from her, you're probably stepping into her her line, which is not going to end well for you, but yeah. they're just, um, yeah, There, there's nothing funnier than watching these guys run. Um, one of the funniest things I saw happen was when we had our last Dane, and this was back in the 90s, uh, she was also a runt, she was um, just about 100 pounds, she was a Boston coloring, so she had the exact same coloring as um, as a Boston Terrier. We were up north at our cottage in the woods outside having a picnic lunch, and we heard this huffing and grunting and crashing in the woods. We kind of turned around, and our great Dane had wandered to the top of the hill and apparently confronted a doe. And the doe turned on the dog, and that dog was running as fast as it possibly could straight down the hill through the woods, with the doe right behind it, and that dane ran right out into the lake and didn't stop for about eight feet, and then she turned around and looked, and that that doe had chased her right down, and then and then turned off and went the other way when she ran into the lake. I'll tell you what, it was something to see those two animals <laughs> I'll running. I bet it
2: was. <laughs> I bet but it something was something
4: else.
1: No, Sally, when it comes to a Great Dane, it sounds like obviously you're going to have a dog that's going to want to pay a lot of attention to you. How would you rate its intelligence comparatively to other breeds? I mean, uh, most people would say a Border Collie is probably the smartest of all the dogs since it can tell you what to do as opposed to you telling it what to do. How would you rate a Great Dane? Is it comparatively a pretty smart dog?
4: I think that they're they are um, they're certainly easy to train. So they're smart enough to train, but I think that might be more their, um, their desire to please than raw intelligence. Um, and I say that because part of that goofiness, sometimes you look at them and go, what What were they thinking? Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think, you know, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being your border collie, um, I think they're probably a seven. You know, they're smart enough to train well, but uh, they're kind of, I've seen them do some things that I didn't think were too swift.
0: And, and the other you know? thing is, is that uh, they vary. Within the breed, you know, just like True. I had a poodle that was just the most smartest whip ever. And then I had another one that was dumb as a rock. <laughs> I'll pick yeah. on the poodles today right. uh, just because I don't want to offend Bruce. But but we've had several Great Danes and Bruce is, you know, maybe really a fun, engaged animal, but he's not necessarily the smart. He might drop down one point or two from, from your analysis. And I've had others that might drop, you know, come up a point or two up.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, so. for sure. Yeah, no, I don't don't think you get them for their um, raw intelligence. Right. I I would not put them on a scale of uh, uh, some of the other dogs I've had.
1: Well, one of the things I've heard about Great Danes is that they can be a little bit, what's the right word, stubborn, just uh, a little bit head smart. I mean, just they're going to do what they're going to do, and they're not always going to do what you want them to do.
4: I've personally never experienced that okay. with a Dane. Um, they are they are first and foremost pleasers. Okay. Um, I find them to be what I would call a chicken shit. Um, <laughs> and, and I will say this: I will say that uh, one dog we had we uh, we had an invisible fencing put in, and um, for the listeners who've never had that, basically the dog wears. Um, a collar that has a little transmitter on it, and um, and as they get close to the signal, they get a, an audible warning, and that means, hey, you better turn around. And if they don't, then they get, you know, a, a light electric smoke. You know. Now, I I can say that one, and you train them, you don't just turn them loose. But once you have them trained, that Great Dane, the battery died on that transmitter. I don't think I ever replaced it.
2: <laughs> literally,
4: I mean, people would go by walking dogs,
2: uh-huh.
4: you know, or just going for a walk, and that dog would literally run to the area that it knew that it would, you know, the, the audible warning, and it wouldn't go any farther. Nah. And um, it just—it's like it once it learned it, it was so afraid yeah. of getting poked. They they don't like discomfort. They're they're real big babies.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I get that. Sally, we need to take a break, but what I'd like to do is bring you back when we discuss a few other matters in one of our other segments, but I want to thank you so much for your information. We've been speaking with Sally Babbitt, and we'll be back right here on 1320 WRLF. Welcome back
4: to the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Here are
1: your hosts, Rick Bruce and Lee Cohen. It's 9:35 and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, we have with us on the line Kerbey Bruce rejoining us from earlier in the show. And Kerbey, again the reason we wanted to have you is because your experience with Bruce Bruce has been one that everybody well, uh, let's put it this way: I don't think there are many dogs who have a bigger following on Facebook <laughs> than Bruce Bruce does. We'll just so, we'll just
0: call it legendary.
1: Absolutely. I also don't know any that have <laughs> ferret friends that they play with regularly on there. Let's begin with that. How has Bruce gotten along with the? other dog in the house, Odin, and with the ferrets in the house, and even with your new daughter, Arabella, who is a grand one-month-old.
3: Yeah, I'd say overall, he's been great with all of them. The thing with Bruce and other pets is, you know, he's usually pretty good. It's just that he doesn't understand his size. So he gets really excited and rushes up to other animals, and they don't understand why this pony-sized animal is rushing up to them in excitement, and so sometimes they get a little nervous, and then he doesn't understand that, um, but he's hilarious with the ferrets. He tries to play uh, with Wendell, the little white ferret, and he'll like very gently rub his face all over Wendell, um, and Wendell, I don't think he appreciates the shower, uh, but he <laughs> he's pretty tolerant of it.
0: Yeah, that's one thing we never mentioned is there is a bit of uh, a slobber that goes along with the Great Dane. And uh, you've described a little bit of your um, concern for uh, overall, um, you know, what are those weird spots on the wall? Um, can you talk a little bit about his, his, his jowls?
3: No, I would say not a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of drool. Um, if you are opposed to drool in your home, then a Dane is definitely not for you. Um, I don't know. I don't invest in nice furniture. That's for sure.
2: Uh, I
3: will say that all of my home related, uh, decor has had Bruce, um, (laughs) as part of the decision. Um, if it's not the drool, it's the happy long tail that tends to knock things over, uh, unintentionally, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you lose
0: one or two things before you realize you can't have that sitting around. Right.
3: It's good at saving money, that's for sure.
0: The one thing you I can say is I- they they drew less than a St. Bernard, if that's any consolation.
3: Well, I will not be getting a St. Bernard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, Kirby, when it
1: comes to taking Bruce out, one of the things that you've always been very, very good at is that you like to go running or walking, and you take Bruce with you and I've got to imagine that he is a showstopper everywhere he goes. Is that pretty much the case?
3: (laughs) A showstopper in multiple ways. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. So Danes, as I'm sure you've already talked about on the show, um, they need kind of a moderate level of exercise. You don't want to do too much just because it can be a bit rough on the joints. No really long runs or anything. Um, But they're also not the what you sometimes hear phrased as apartment dog that's really lazy and doesn't need any exercise. Um, They do need exercise. So I take him pretty much every other day out on trail walks, um, usually two miles at a time. And it's really important for him. Um, And (laughs) on the topic of showstopper, um, one, just because he's gorgeous, I mean, he's Harlequin, so he's Black, white, and gray. He gets a lot of attention because you don't see them frequently. But also, Bruce is very dog reactive—not um, dog aggressive, but dog reactive, which means he sees them and wants to play. And Danes can be very vocal breeds. So when you have a 165-pound heavy barking dog kind of lunging your direction. Uh, it's a showstopper. <laughs> so we've had to do a lot of reactivity training. Um, I have to give props to Karen Ryder, who owns How of the Hound. She's a local dog trainer, and she specializes in dog reactivity. And she is just an amazing asset. And if you have a dog reactive dog, you need to connect with Karen. She helped me a lot. And taught me a lot about how to work with such a large animal that is so reactive.
0: Yeah, you know, I was thinking if you had, for instance, a small Pomeranian and you watched his behavior, you almost disregard that really hyperactive jump up and down, you know, whether it's at the doorway <laughs> or if it happened to be dog reactive. It's not a big deal, right? Because you can kind of just ignore it. It's going, kind of, ah, whatever. But when your dog is 165 pounds and it wants to be either dog reactive or excited or whatnot, the same things that go through its mind goes through the little dog's mind, but but it's a much more three-dimensional experience. Now, Kerbey,
1: when it comes to taking care of Bruce, uh, I imagine that he eats a lot, and so I have to imagine uh, what goes in comes out, and, and you need a larger bag than the average person. Is that, in fact, the case? Oh, my gosh. It was
3: funny you say that. I was just talking about this yesterday because – I had a bunch of poop bags for Odin, our Norwegian elk in my pocket, and I chuckled and said, you know, a standard poop bag does not work for Bruce. I remember the first time I took him on a walk with a poop bag and realized very quickly that a Meyer plastic bag was going to be necessary. Um, yeah. <laughs> You produce a lot. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, what comes in, what does come out. So, when when um, you go to
0: the grocery store and you're waiting in line and they ask you for paper or plastic, you always say plastic.
3: Well, I was lucky enough to find, you know, I do have a few connections to a pet store. <laughs> you do, huh? Uh, they- Make large poop bags, um, but I also learned the hard way: don't buy the compostable ones because the poop will fall out before your walk is done. <laughs> they do break down.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they do what they they do what they're advertised. Now, they do. now Kirby, let me
1: ask you uh, the important question for this show, and that is that if you knew someone who was looking for a dog. Would you recommend a Great Dane, and uh, would you get one again?
3: Um, I'd say there's a small population of people that should have Danes. Um, It really comes down to lifestyle and can you take on everything that is involved with them. Um, Owning a Great Dane, you know, I've gotten connected to a wonderful community of Dane owners, and, you know, people that are truly into it do their research and have the space and the patience for the breed um, and and really are able to adapt their life around their dog because they're so large. Um, It works phenomenally. Um, But also, you know, in owning Bruce, I've discovered a lot of rescue groups because people do not take into account how much work they are. Um, So, you know, it's, it's an, it depends just like anything. Um, But, you know, for me, he's worked well. He's been a really big learning curve. Um, I don't think I would get another Dane, personally, because um, I have a condition called Ehlers-Danlos, which leads me to have a lot of joint issues, and a very large dog that's reactive um, can be really hard on my body. Now, with that said, if I were to find one that needed a rescue, that was older, that was a little bit more set in its ways, and I understood the disposition a little bit, um, I would definitely consider it. Um, it's just just like me and everybody else. It depends.
0: <laughs> uh, one thing I think, uh, let's do a uh, shout out to Soldans, right? Talk about your your bathing.
3: Oh yeah, um, huge shout out to Soldans. They have a dog wash, and I discovered it because they have something called Hub Tuesdays, where you can go get a dog wash for five dollars. <laughs> And I, uh, I can't fit Bruce in the bathtub, obviously. And in the winter months, um, it's too cold to wash him outside. So I take him into Solden's. Um We've been going to the one on MLK. And he has gotten so good at going to the dog wash. I'm so proud of him. He jumps right up there in the tub, and we lather him up, and... Walks out, and he gets a treat every time, so shout-out to Solden.
1: <laughs> I would have thought that a car wash might have been an appropriate method <laughs> for doing it, but uh, as, as long as that's working for you. Well, yeah. uh we're about out of time, but I just want to say uh, if, if you can – direct people. I know you posted about this particular segment. Where do people go in order to read some of the comments or to comment themselves about this?
3: Yeah, just go onto the Bruce Pets Facebook page and look for the beautiful picture of Bruce's dopey, happy, slobbery face that we posted yesterday. And uh, there's a nice thread going of different people chiming in about how much they love Danes.
1: Well, we appreciate you doing that and your time. We've been speaking with Kirby Prus and Rick. After the break, we're going to talk with a veterinarian who also has a background with Danes. It's Doctor Kristen Stallings from House Calls Vet Hospital, right here on 1320 WILS. Welcome back to the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show
4: on 1320 W-I-L-S. We're
1: back here with the Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we have with us for this segment our returning guest, Sally Babbitt, who was on with us before, and we've got a new guest on with us who has never been with us before. It's Dr. Kristen Stallins, who is with House Calls Veterinary Hospital. Dr. Stalins, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. The reason we have you on is because not only do you treat uh, Great Danes, but I'm hearing that you might even have a history with them. Is that the case?
5: I did. I used to have a Great Dane probably about 10 years ago.
1: And what did you think of them as a pet? Is it something that's worthwhile, or is it a gentle giant who is very destructive?
5: Oh, no, they're absolutely wonderful dogs. I would have another one. once my kids get older and stuff like that, we'll probably look at getting another one.
0: So I, uh, this is Rick Prusen. Uh, thanks for joining us. I got a question. Um, you show up at house, and uh, there's going to be a dog on the other side of that door normally. Um, what's your first impression you think about when you find out that on the other side of that door is going to be a great day?
5: I'm excited. <laughs> um, I'm not afraid of them. I mean, any dog, when you're going into a house, you... Uh, it's their territory, so you're always going to just kind of read the animal. But usually, we don't have problems with the Great Danes at all.
1: Is, is the question, "Where's the ladder?" One
0: that comes up relatively right. soon.
5: <laughs> no, I just know that I won't be lifting them up and putting them on a table to look at them.
0: <laughs> I would imagine, from a doctor's perspective, everything's up. You know, it, it's it's got to be a lot easier to look at things. <laughs> you know,
2: you've yeah, got yeah. you've got basically at everything at eye
0: level. Yep. Uh, for sure. Now, doctor, if if
1: someone has a Great Dane, we've talked about how great they are as pets. Talk about them from a vet's perspective. What are some of the issues that people need to think about or look for or consider if they're out there looking at getting a Great Dane?
5: I think, I mean, every breed, every purebred dog or every dog you have is going to potentially have health issues, and obviously Great Danes have certain things that are within their lines that we look for as a veterinarian. When you're looking to get a puppy, you would want to look at breeders that are reputable and have done some of the extra testing that can be done um, to screen for those diseases, such as hip problems or heart problems or thyroid problems. And the breeders can get those tests and certifications through um, OFA, which is an organization um, that does the extra screening and stuff. And then, obviously, have the puppies been socialized and handled to make them a a well-socialized pet. Once you get them home, then one of the important things is socializing them because they're going to be huge, and you want to feel comfortable with them being around other people and other dogs. And other people are going to instinctively be intimidated just because of their size. So you want to feel comfortable with their behavior. And then nutrition is important. So feeding them a good large breed puppy food as puppies and large breed um, adult food as they get older, elevating their food dishes so they're not having to lean down to eat and suck in extra air and stuff like that. And then just um, keeping them healthy and lean so that they can live as long as they as they can.
0: From experiencing great Danes over the many many years, uh, I can remember us nearly losing one um, back in the eighties, where it had its uh, stomach uh, flip over, um, mm-hmm. and that was quite the um, you know near death experience. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, and uh, absolutely. There, so I, that yeah.
5: that I mean that's an emergency situation. We can see it in Great Danes. Any of our large and giant breed dogs potentially can have. Um, the condition the the layman's term is bloat for that. And basically what happens is their stomach can take and flip over. And when it does that, it takes all of the other organs within the abdomen with it, which obviously is a serious situation because it cuts off blood supply. Um, There is, um, by elevating the dishes, that helps Um, Genetics is a big component, so asking the breeder, do you have a history of bloat in your line? The breeder may not know because it may have happened, you know, years after puppies have gone and people may not have reported it to them, but you can always ask. And then there's also a preventative procedure that can be done um, where you can go in when they're younger dogs and surgically tack the stomach to the side of the wall of the abdomen so that way if it does fill up with the air you're not going to get the twisting which the twisting is the life-threatening portion of that
2: no that, that's
4: actually how oh, i'm sorry that's actually how i lost my last day was torsion um with the twisting she was 11 so she she was well beyond her life expectancy but that is what happened with her and um and we lost her but we did with how the Procedure done this time. I think, in fact, I think, didn't you do it
0: when you spay her?
5: Yeah, I will do. Right? do it at the time of a spay or neuter. Yeah, We can do it independently, but we do it. A lot of people will do it at the time of the spay or neuter.
0: So you brought up an interesting point, um, maybe not intentional, but the common feedback that somebody hears and contends with is the idea of. I don't want to get a Great Dane because they don't live very long. And I'd like you to both to comment on that.
5: Uh, it's a true statement. I mean, the larger the dog, the shorter the life expectancy. So I would say, you know, Great Dane's life expectancy is probably about 7 to 10 years, maybe 8 to 11 years. Um, and, you know, we see that with all of our giant breeds. But I'll tell you that their personality and the love that they bring into you is really worth it. And, they're, they're wonderful, you know, animals, and, and you have good bonds with them to to create. So I think it's worth it. My Dane lived to be um, seven. Um, she was a uh, three-legged great Dane, so she was amputated at, the, at a young age. And she just got um, her arthritis just got so bad in her one back leg that she had that her quality of life wasn't good. Um, but she made it to seven years and um, was a true blessing to our family. So it's definitely worth it.
0: And, and Sally, is, I any, is there, in the breeding of these guys um, and gals, um, is there genetic connections to that? I mean, can you, just as you would uh, uh, look for hips and such, can you, is there any elements that you could look for that would, you know, reflect the idea that they may live longer than the average, or is that pretty much uh, kind of everyone's at its own own whim? Yeah.
5: I think it's kind I mean, it's just, I mean, genetically as a whole, there's not like a gen- specific genetic marker that can be tested. It's just scientifically proven that, they don't know why, I guess I shouldn't say proven, yeah. but it's scientifically known that the larger the dog, the shorter the life expectancy. Yeah. So, you know, can you look at longevity? You could. I mean, that's a question that's hard to ask a breeder, like how long do your puppies live? Because usually they're breeding... You know, the the adult dogs are going to be three, four, or five years old. They don't right. know how, how long those puppies from that litter are going to, you know, to survive. I mean, obviously, if they have, you know, a history that grandpa only lived to be three and grandma, only, you mm-hmm. know, then that sure. might be a red flag. But I don't think there's a specific marker or specific question that can be asked for that versus, like, asking for the other diseases and stuff that we kind of can screen for.
0: Is is there any advice you would give somebody that they go out and um, uh, and, and look at a puppy? Let's say uh, beyond the veterinary checking for the skeletal strength and um, uh, you know kind of some of the genetic stuff that could be screened for. What about just you show up? He's got he or she has like six puppies there. Um, is there anything you think of it that go that you could look for? before you go home with one of those that that would just be a layman's, uh, layperson's uh, approach to increasing your chance for either a friendly Dane, increasing your chance for a healthy Dane, increasing your chance. uh, One thing I always suggest is that at least be able to look at the parents.
5: Right. So, I mean, absolutely. I think that being able to see the parents is very important to just kind of see what their personalities are like. I strongly believe in the socialization of puppies is extremely important from the get-go. So if you go into a place that they, the puppies haven't been socialized and haven't been handled around, you know, not around other people or kids, if you have kids around or, you know, if you're planning on using them as a therapy dog or something like that, you want to make sure that even at the young age of six to eight weeks when you get them as puppies that they are have been handled and socialized while kept. Um, and the parents have good personalities. With that, in terms of picking out a particular puppy from a litter, you know, if you pass all those things, what fits your personality? What are you looking for? Are you wanting one that you're going to be out, um, you know, running most great danger, not running agility with? But like, is your lifestyle a very active lifestyle, or something that you want a really active dog, or is it that you're quieter, so maybe you want to pick one of the quieter puppies? Um, I don't, you know, if you have a puppy that's hiding and cowering towards the back end, that's probably not going to be one that's going to be good going into a family situation. So you have to sit down and interact with them and and see what fits. What your goal is for your relationship with that dog.
0: And, and real quick, one thing that I would strongly recommend, and I know you'll agree, is insist on the opportunity to take them to your vet.
5: Yes, I mean most places will give your you that. Yes. You most places will give you, like, a, an opportunity to say, hey, we've had them vet checked by our veterinarian, but we give you, you know, a 48-hour or 72-hour guarantee to take them into your veterinarian and have them looked over and make sure that they, you know, appear healthy and stuff like that. So there's usually a health guarantee that comes with it if you're going through a reputable breeder. And most reputable breeders want to have a successful match. So they don't want to have, you know, a problem. So... They want to um, try and build that relationship as
1: well. Well, Dr. Stalins, we want to thank you so much for your time, but unfortunately we are out of time. We've been speaking with Dr. Kristen Stalins from House Calls Vet Hospital and Sally Babbitt, and thank you both for your input uh, but unfortunately, Rick, we are out of time. So on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner and Rick Proust, my co-host in the studio, this is Lee Cohen, wishing all of you a great week ahead. Uh, we'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show.